Hello everyone. It's really great to be with you today to share this morning's message with you and I uh, hope you're really blessed by all that has uh, taken place so far in the service, especially in the worship and having communion together. And uh, we're in our new series, God With Us, and Sam launched it last week with a great message. And uh, if you remember, that was Jesus, the God with us. And uh, today I'll be doing the Jesus, the God man. And uh, something that Sam said last week, he said, Jesus is fully man and fully God. Now that's a challenging statement for many people, but that's the truth. And um, hopefully our time together this morning, I'll be able to explore that with you. And one thing I would say as we go through this message, especially in my life, uh, before knowing Jesus as Lord and Saviour, we try and reason everything out. We try and work it out and understand it intellectually. But so much about God and his word is through revelation. And that revelation comes through the Holy Spirit, comes through the Lord himself wanting to reveal himself and the truth to us. So I'm believing this morning as we go through this message that you will have a revelation uh, of Jesus. Some of you may know about Jesus being fully man and fully God and are happy with that. Some may still have some doubts. And that was certainly what was going on in the days of the disciples and especially uh, John. And I'm going to be looking at John's gospel in a little while. But when, when I came to the Lord, the Lord had been drawing me. And what happened was somebody then began to explain to me who Jesus was and, and, the, and really about Christmas. And you hear this phrase, the reason for the season. And, um, and really, Jesus is the reason. He's the, the, he's the truth. He's, a, he's, he's everything. Uh, and uh, I was trying to find the answer, the meaning to life. And once I started to grasp just a little bit of what was being said to me, that, that Jesus was the Son of God, that uh, he came to earth, that he came in the form of that baby that we so often see on Christmas cards, and then went through to adulthood and eventually uh, to the cross and died for each one of us. Something began to make sense, and even though I didn't understand it fully, the one thing that I felt I needed to do, and this is where I'm saying, I couldn't reason it out or, or study it out because it was too big. But there was like a revelation. There was, there was something beginning to make sense. And I stepped out, and this is what sometimes you need to do, is like stepping out on that journey of faith. Uh, and I was able to pray with this person and just acknowledge in a simple prayer that I believe now that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that he came to this earth, that he died for me, and because of that, I was able to come back into a relationship with God the Father and uh, by a simple prayer of, of confessing that I was a sinner and asking him to forgive my sins and inviting him into my life and making him Lord of my life, allowing him to be Lord of my life, everything would change. And, and believe me, it changed from that moment on. And that's been a journey from 1986 to the present time of still understanding more and more of this dynamic, of this amazing uh, Saviour, this uh, man called Jesus, but also the Son of God. So what I want to do this morning is help each one watching this to, to have that revelation and those that have been at this a long time, that perhaps this would just deepen this Christmas, that truly, again, we would grasp that Jesus is the reason, not just for the season, but he's the whole reason for life, for our future, and everything that we see in creation 
He is the reason. Jesus, the God-man, fully man and fully God. Now, I asked the Holy Spirit as I was preparing this message, how could I help somebody who's never really understood this to understand it? This is a simple example that he gave me. When I was born, I was born and named Malcolm. So I was always Malcolm from birth. My father has named me with my mother, Malcolm. So I'm existing as Malcolm. Then I joined the police service. And in the uh, mid-1970s, I become a police constable. And I put on a uniform. So I'm still Malcolm, but now I'm police constable Malcolm Reeve. I've got two identities. And uh, yet I'm still the same person. And I'm operating as a police officer with authority, but I'm also wearing a different outfit, a uniform that speaks to that authority, that new identity. But when I go home in the evening from a shift, I'm still Malcolm. When I've got the uniform on, I'm still Malcolm. But I was these two distinct uh, people, and that was the way it was beginning to come clear to me. The Son of God, Jesus, the Son of God, fully man, fully God, me as Malcolm, but also as the police officer operating in, in those two ways. So if that just helps you just understand this concept. Some people believed different things, you know, that, that Jesus was some uh, he was some sort of phantom, if you study it out. Some believed he was part God, part man. Some believed other different variations. But what Christians believe and what the disciples came to know is Jesus was fully man and just an overview of it. He was a real baby in the mother's womb and at the age of 12, he's in the temple and he's speaking to the scholars and, 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 and amazing them with what he's coming out with. But this is the, the lad, Jesus, yet he's coming out with such wisdom and such understanding. So here we have that glimpse of uh, an ordinary lad, but also that part of him which was very much God, the son of God. And if you're confused uh, when people say, well, he's not God, is he? There's God the Father, God the Son, Sam covered this last week, and God the Holy Spirit. There's the three of them working together. And as you'll see in the scriptures in a moment, you've got God the Father is still very much God the Father when Jesus is on the earth and as God the Son. And you have to understand that trinity, the three in one, and, and, and then it becomes a lot easier to understand in, in, in that respect. And in fact, as I was just coming towards do, uh, the time of doing this recording, I was just praying on the way here and um, I said to the Lord, you know, this whole concept of you on the earth and coming down from heaven and all of a sudden I got about the, the uh, Apollo Saturn mission to the moon. For a part of that journey around the moon, they were orbiting, there was three of them in that capsule and at the right moment, down came two of them on the earth, on the moon surface, leaving one in the command capsule and I felt the Lord was saying, you know, Jesus came down onto the earth uh, at that appointed time, but also the Holy Spirit was here with him. But God was still in command, in the command capsule. And now if that's a revelation for someone to really get that picture, I pray that that would be soon. But let's let the word of God, I feel the Holy Spirit, he didn't want me to make lots of notes this morning. Uh, he wanted me to, to just work through the scriptures. And you'll see why, uh, because one of the descriptions of the Lord is that he is the word, capital W, and I'm hoping now that 
the Holy Spirit inspired the writing of the scriptures and as we expound the scriptures and read those scriptures you're going to get that revelation as I said right now that's going to go past perhaps reasoning and intellect and you'll get that quickening in your spirit as I did and understand that we are talking about Jesus the Son of God fully man and fully God and we're going to go into John's gospel and uh, if you've got time over this Christmas period I would invite you to read not only John's Gospel, go into 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. They were all written by John and also the book of Revelation. And uh, there is so much content in there on this whole subject, so much revelation that you will get from it. And with the Gospels, and uh, Sam touched on this last week, you've got the Gospel of Mark, which he was focusing very much on Jesus as the Son of Man. You'd got Luke who was focusing very much on Jesus as the saviour of the world and you've got Matthew who was focusing on Jesus as king of the Jews. And here we have John, the disciple, the apostle and he is focusing very much on Jesus as the son of God. He was in Ephesus around 85 AD when he uh, wrote the, the gospel and he's amongst Jews, Greeks, young Christian churches growing, people with different things going on in their minds. Some were still very much into John the Baptist and the baptism of John the Baptist. So there was lots of things there. And he was right and suddenly, uh, as he was inspired to, to bring some of these things into alignment and bring out the truth. And the opening chapter of John's Gospel is quite amazing. And we could spend ages just on that alone. So what I'm going to do is just begin to read through the, the verses here in the opening chapter, chapter 1 of John's Gospel and bring out some points here and then we'll look at some other scriptures that really help build up this whole area of Jesus being fully man, fully God but being the Son of God on the earth as well. And uh, interestingly, when Jesus rose again and went to heaven, he didn't stop being Jesus and uh, even that is accounted for in the scriptures that he continues to reveal himself as Jesus and even in modern days there are many testimonies of people having those visitations from Jesus they've not known him before but immediately they know as Jesus Christ the Lord and he's even uh, announced himself as that so as I said if you try and think this out you will just get uh, probably a headache but if you allow revelation to start to come into your spirit and just begin to uh, as it were put your mind aside and just allow your heart to begin to listen then I know the truth will come and we know what the scripture says the truth sets us free so let's read from verse 1 of, of John chapter 1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God let's just pause there with John writing this with a Jewish audience uh, in Ephesus in the beginning would have immediately triggered to them the beginning of Genesis the five books of the law that they knew very well because it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth that word God in Genesis as we studied out when I did uh, about the Holy Spirit at the beginning of June if you want to go to that message it's on our podcasts and um, you can go onto onechurch.uk and look up uh, podcasts and you'll find that message and I unfolded about the Trinity because the word God there Elohim is more than one so in the beginning was the word now the word here in Greek is Lugos 
And the Greeks would have twigged to that because Lugos, as it would have been written then, they understood that. And Lugos, for them, this was about reasoning things. This was about thinking things through, understanding things, and, uh, and the reason for things is what they were after. So he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So they're two distinct here, the Word and God, you see that. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus himself speaks about light, and uh, goes on further in other scriptures about this whole comparison of light and darkness. And in Colossians chapter 1, and, and I believe Sam touched on that last week, we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, into that kingdom of light, when we come to accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour through his blood that was shed for us. But the amazing thing here, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That word comprehend broadens out. You know, the darkness cannot control it, cannot overpower, it cannot extinguish this light, because this light, the light is Jesus Christ is the truth has come and if you are in darkness at the moment if you're having dark times you just need to call upon the name of jesus because light will come in to the situation jesus the son of god will come right into that situation and it goes on at verse six there was a man sent from god whose name was john this is john the baptist the man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that's a capital l there you see, always look for the capitals. That all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. So John was here to point us towards the coming of Jesus Christ. But notice at verse 6, there was a man sent from God. So God is in control of this. God is about revealing himself to man and the way he's going to do it. And if you look at the early uh, chapters of the Gospels, especially Matthew and Luke, you will see how that all came about with John the Baptist coming on the scene and then Jesus. But what John is doing here in this opening chapter is making it very clear that John the Baptist is not the person they should be looking to. He came to point to the one they should be looking to. And when you go into Acts chapter 19 you'll read there of how Paul the apostle is on the scene and he begins to help the Christians in Ephesus understand that they had the baptism of, of, of John the Baptist which was about repentance and living uh, a moral life but we've got Jesus as John the Baptist uh, points out who's come to baptize with fire which is the Holy Spirit so it's an important thing that's taking place here with John's gospel being written and Paul being in Ephesus so many things join up, but it's all about uh, bringing the truth into people's lives. Uh, verse uh, 9 of John uh, chapter 1, it says, That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. This is Jesus. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. So again, he's alluding here again, Jesus is part of that whole thing of creation. And... Uh, he, he came to his own, it says at verse 11, and his own did not receive him. And if you know the Gospels, you know how the Jews kept rejecting him and wouldn't recognize him as Lord. And then at verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. And that is what happened to me when I said, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. 
come into my life. And verse 13, it says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And this is what I've said to you is, you can't reason it out, you can't study it out together. There has to be that step when the revelation comes that is spirit to spirit, it is, it is faith. And that is where you just have to, I had to make a step. So if nothing happened, nothing happened. But I'm telling you, something dramatically changed in my life from that day and, and, and has continued to develop ever since because I've come to know Jesus Christ in a, in a relationship. I've known God in relationship now and the Holy Spirit. And you do know the three of them. You begin to understand how they work. And verse 14 and the word became flesh. Here's one of those key bits, really, about God being fully, Jesus being fully man and fully God. John is declaring it here. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So you've got that definite separation here. You've got the word becoming flesh, this Jesus, but you've also got it speaking here of the Father. So the two are distinct, but yet both God remember. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father has declared him. And if you go to 1 John, again written by John the disciple, at the beginning, he really broadens out this connection that they had with Jesus. He says at verse 1 of 1 John 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word, that capital W, the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. The early disciples were with Jesus. No doubt they were in physical contact with him. It says it here. And John, the disciple, is the one at the Last Supper, they believe, as he had his head resting against Jesus. They ate with him. They've slept together on their travels. They've seen Jesus emotional. They've seen Jesus angry. You're talking about a true personality of a human being manifesting in Jesus, the Son of God, because he has come fully man and fully God. He's divine He's, he's, he's still God, yet here he is choosing to put on flesh to become human, identify with us, but more crucially, to be that sinless one that would go to the cross to fulfill all that needed to happen for us to be able to come back to the Father. Now, at verse 4, And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Where is your joy at the minute? I tell you, with COVID-19 and all that is going on, your joy levels can be very low. And the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I would say to you now, if you can just start 
to get hold of this message this morning and what Sam spoke of last week, that Emmanuel, God is with us. And what God wants to do, he wants to become more and more involved in your life. And what comes with it? That, that as John said, that he, he wanted the readers here, that their joy might be full. And my desire this morning, and all of us at One Church who lead One Church, is that your joy will be full. And that doesn't come through us. That doesn't come through a good service or a good sermon. It comes through that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that inflowing of that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus. So you remember when he was being baptised? There was Jesus, the man, Jesus, in the water, being baptised, and then the voice from heaven, the Father, saying, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased, and the Holy Spirit coming on him. The three of them together. But the Holy Spirit had to come upon Jesus at that point, that he could then operate in the power of God, because he'd laid aside that. He, he was coming then as fully man, and he was showing us the way, but it happened that way round, that the Holy Spirit comes on him, he's empowered, he's anointed then to go out and begin to do the miracles. And when you talk about miracles, uh, John's Gospel is very good, because he's uh, very much about the number seven, which is God's perfect number. And besides John the Baptist being a witness to who Jesus was, if you go in the, through there, there's John the Baptist... Nathaniel, as you read through, Peter, Martha, who was the first woman to acknowledge Jesus as also uh, the divinity of Jesus, that personal testimony comes from these people, Thomas, J John himself, and even Jesus himself, which we'll see in a minute, are testifying of his divinity. And you know, in the Jewish law, two or three witnesses would be enough to establish the truth. So there's always a significance with things here. But here, John includes the perfect number seven of people to testify that Jesus really is the son of the living God. And having been a policeman, the more witnesses you get that are saying the same thing, you know you're on the truth. There were seven miracles that John particularly focused on. These were far outside of casting out demons and things because there were people doing that besides Jesus at that time. These were the most supernatural and sensational works that Jesus performed. John highlights miracles that no one else could do. Water turned into wine, healing a nobleman's son while he was miles away from him, healing the man at Bethesda who was 38 years suffering from an infirmity. He fed 5,000 plus. He walked on water. He gave sight to the, a blind person who was blind since birth and raised Lazarus from the dead who'd been dead for days. And Nicodemus, if you look in uh, John chapter 3, as he encounters Nicodemus, Nicodemus himself said, no man could do uh, the things Jesus was doing unless God was with him. He said that as they were moving uh, into that time of the crucifixion. And uh, he was one of the religious uh, scholars of the day, and, uh, and he had that comment about Jesus. But there was also, uh, Jesus began to declare things about himself. And John records that, and we'll have a look at, uh, in a moment. Jesus spoke about himself where he actually said, I am. And if anyone knows the Old Testament, when, when Moses said about the children of Israel, who should he say uh, sent him? And God said, tell him that I, I am who I am. In other words, I exist, this is me. And, uh, and Jesus himself saying, I am 
and I am the bread of heaven. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. This is coming from Jesus, his own mouth. But he says, I am. We'll look at that in a moment. Jesus clearly knew himself to be God in human flesh. And if anyone says different, then they're on the wrong track. I want to just say that you need to know the word of God. You need to study it out, especially uh, John warns us in 2 John. That's why I said read about John. In 2 John 7, he says, Beware of antichrist deceivers. He says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And I hate to say this, but if you are not pro-Christ... If you're not for Christ, then you come under the word antichrist because you're against Christ and that's not a place you want to be. And let me just reiterate why as a church we've been saying the spirit and word need to flow together and you need to know the scriptures. And not only is Jesus the word, capital W, the word itself, but we've been left with the word of God, inspired through God, through the Holy Spirit. They're all involved in this and as you read the word of God, you get revelation, you get truth, but people like to tinker with the truth. People like to try and make it fit to their doctrines and their beliefs and not picking on anyone in particular but this brings out the point the Jehovah's Witnesses argue that we must view Jesus as a demigod or a semi-human the first created being the first verse of John states very clearly as I've read that he was God and was with God in the beginning and what happens is the Jehovah's Witnesses translate the passage to say that he was a God they insert an indefinitive article that is not in the original Greek. So what they're saying is, like, this is a book or a place. Now, this is the word of God. There's a big difference there. And Jesus is uh, cast by John, the, the, the disciple. He was God. And there's no getting around that. And anyone who tells you different... Uh, as false doctrine and you really do need to study and understand it and also even go to people who you can trust especially the pastors and leaders you need the truth because there are many out there who are tinkering with things and even creating their own bibles with these wrong uh, interpretations in there if you go back to john's gospel this is where nathaniel uh, in chapter 1 verse uh, 43 it gives the account of Philip and Nathaniel coming to Jesus knowing Jesus but but Jesus encounters Nathaniel and uh, and he's amazed that uh, Jesus knows who he is and then says something nice about him but he says Nathaniel answered at verse 49 and said to him Rabbi you are the son of God you are the king of Israel <laughs> that's got to be revelation and Jesus says to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you will see greater things than these? So that revelation came to this young man that this is the Son of God. And you know, when you get into chapter 3, where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, who's querying about this whole thing of um, the new birth, and uh, verse 16 there's one you hear quoted many times for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son here are the two distinct things again father God son of God that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life 
And when we just move on, there's so much I could go into, but you can read John's Gospel for yourself and uh, you will see it for yourself. When you go to John 6, you see, if you've got family members or people saying, what are they, you, do, you talk about what would you like for Christmas, I think Jesus needs to go top of the list this year. You know, never mind the presents, because if you get Jesus, you get everything. And, uh, and once you start talking about Jesus, once you start introducing people to talk and understand more about Jesus, what happens is, as in John chapter 6, verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That bit in there about drawing us, and, and I know I was being drawn over several months as God was beginning to work in my life. And verse 46 says, Not, not that anyone has seen the Father except he, who's, he who is from God. He has seen the Father. That's a capital H. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus who's not only seen God, he's, he's been with God, he's from God. And if anyone's going to point us to God, that is going to be Jesus. And if we just move up to John chapter 8, that important part where Jesus declares, I am, just like it was said to Moses in Exodus 3.14. The Pharisees are arguing with him. There's things going on as usual between the religious leaders and Jesus. But there at, you'll see at verse 58 of chapter 8. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. It wasn't time for him to die, and certainly not that way. But he has declared, I am. In other words, he was, without beginning, the ever-present one. He is identifying himself in that way, and certainly to the religious leaders, that was blasphemy. As I just, there is so much more that I could bring out, but uh, you study it out for yourselves. But what I want to just go on to here is that Jesus remains Jesus even after his death and resurrection. And the revelation, remember the word revelation, You've got Saul in Acts chapter 9 who's been persecuting and killing the Christians uh, and putting people to death. And he's riding off to Damascus in chapter 9 when suddenly this light, notice light, shines on him. He falls to the ground and verse 4 of chapter 9 says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So this voice or whoever this person is knows exactly who he is and what he's been doing. And he said, this is Paul, who are you, Lord? That's interesting, isn't it? He actually adds the word in there, Lord. Has to be a revelation that he's dealing with the Lord here. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus. I'll say that again. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus. He didn't knock off the title Jesus and say, I'm just the son of God. No, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goods. And then he gives... Um, Paul instructions to uh, go to a certain place and do then the things that Paul does comes from God. The one thing then that Paul writes in Romans, having had this revelation of Jesus, and remember, uh, some of you will remember that Paul talks about the man who was taken up to the third heaven, which happens to be him, but he's being a bit humble here. But he's had amazing revelations from Jesus. He's seen things. He's written things, and we need to read what Paul says. And in Romans 10, this is what happened to me in 1986, verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's that revelation that comes, but there's also a needing to acknowledge it. And that is what I did. And for anyone watching this message who's thinking, I don't really think I know Jesus. I don't think I have a connection with God. All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, is who he is, the Son of God, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And if you do that, and if you are going to pray quickly at the end, and you want to know more about this, then you, you just need to contact us at info at onechurch.uk on the email and someone will, will love to speak with you and, and help you on your journey. As I said, we'd really love to hear from you. The last message of this series, Sam's going to take us into the book of Revelation again. John has written a great revelation again of Jesus Christ, uh, both the man and God. I'm just going to pray to finish this message. There's plenty for you to, to look at. So let's just uh, end with a prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who wants to reveal yourself to us even in these days. And as we come to this Christmas time, I pray that everyone watching, their families and friends, there will be an opportunity for discussion uh, to, to reveal that you are not just Jesus the baby, but you're Jesus fully man and fully God, the Son of God who came because you want us to come into a relationship with you and with the Father again. So I just thank you for your word. I pray now that this word, Lord, that's gone forth will, Lord, just bring that truth and that light and that joy and that revelation to everyone listening. And if I don't see you before, have a blessed Christmas and we'd love to hear testimony from you.